How's everyone doing this morning? So good. Hey, it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you all and, um, and just seeing what you guys are doing here in Heart of the City and, and seeing the, the lives that are being transformed and, and the fire that's being stirred up within the people in this church. It's really exciting uh, to, to be here this morning and it's exciting to be a part of what God is doing. And, and my friend Evan, uh, who is the craziest demon-slaying person you will ever meet, um, I've never seen anything like my friend Evan, but he's been in missions for I think like seven, eight years now. And he, he told me, Keanu, we, we never go into a place to bring a move of God. God's moving. We always come into a place and just jump on the back of what God is already doing. And so likewise today, it's such an honor to, to come and jump on the back of what God is already doing in this house to come and jump on the back of, of the revival and the stirrings of the waters that God is doing in this place. And so I just want to thank you all uh, for having me. And I want to thank uh, Pastor J.O. and Ray Dean for having me in the house this morning. And uh, you guys are amazing. Um, I saw them at House of the Lord a few weeks ago, and they just tore it up. And, and hearing uh, their heart for evangelism and hearing their heart for, for reaching the city and reaching the nations was just, it's so encouraging that there's still that alive today. Because so many Christians can just be so content just staying at home, and they work the nine-to-five job, and they come, and they, they do their thing, and then they go home, and then they watch Netflix for five hours, and then they go to bed, and, and then they go on Instagram for another three hours, and then they wake up and they repeat the day. But it's exciting to be a part of a people and a community that has decided, hey, we're not going to just settle for mediocrity. We're not just going to settle for the standards and the ideals and the comfortabilities and the luxuries of the world. But we have a mission to reach the world for the gospel, right. with the gospel. Right. So let's give uh, Pastor o, uh, J.O. and Ray Dean a round of applause. Thank you so much. Yeah. Guys, life's good. Um, as, uh, as Pastor Seth said just before, I was born in Australia. Uh, sorry, I was born in South Africa, moved to Australia, um, and then grew up there, and then moved back to South Africa to do missions work. I was there for two years, and it was just, I literally just came alive in South Africa. Um, if you've ever lived in Australia, you might find it's quite oppressive. It's quite like restrictive. You just like can't do lots of fun things. Like if you drive a few kilometers or miles over the speed limit, you'll get pulled over. Um, you can't have people in the back of your truck. You can't like just, there's, there's just like so much bureaucracy and so much like red tape around everything. But then you go to Africa and there's like people walking on the side of the highway. There's 20 people in the back of someone's truck. <laughs> there's like, they've got mattresses and there's people sitting on the mattress. There's... And there's people just laughing and joyful and they're just free in Africa. And so I was there for two years and, and I had the time of my life. And, and when I was in Africa, I was working with an organization called Awaken Africa. It was there, started by my friends Joel and Savannah Ramsey and my, my friend Evan. And when we were there for two years, we saw over 7,500 people give their lives to Jesus. And then... On top of that, we saw over 1,500 people healed from various diseases, ailments, everything from cancer to arthritis to scoliosis to self-harm scars to blind eyes, deaf ears to headaches to people coming out of wheelchairs. Just like the list can go on. And we saw so many healings and so many miracles. And it was just a wild time uh, to be there. And then we also saw over 500 people delivered from the demonic, um, delivered from witchcraft stuff and like... 
Yeah, it's wild. And what, what I love is that, is that what God is doing, it's not confined just to a particular country. It's not confined to just a, a place on the map, but what he's doing, he wants to do everywhere. What is done in Africa, he wants to do in America. And the signs and the wonders that people have such an expectancy to see when they go over to a third world country, God wants to do the same thing here. Because he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if his heart is to heal the sick, then he, why wouldn't he do it here? If his heart is to set the captives free, why wouldn't he do it here? If his heart is to show his power and display his wonder, why wouldn't he do it here? And why not right now? You see, have you come into this place with an expectancy to receive from God today? Have you come into this place, not just because sometimes we can get into the motions of coming to church. Sometimes we get into the familiarity of just coming to church and going through the motions and doing this and doing that. And we can just get familiar with it. But did you come here this morning with an expectancy to see the face of Jesus? That's good. <laughs> because this morning could change your life forever. We, uh, last, night, last night was wild. And we, I saw this girl, uh, Melissa and Mike invited this girl to come. Um, and she had been walking with Jesus. She was on fire. And then the enemy robbed her of a joy and robbed her of a whole bunch of stuff. And so she was kind of just on the fringes. And she came last night. And she came forward to give her life to Jesus, to recommit her life to Jesus. And I was just, I've just been in awe of it since last night. Because I'm like, imagine if we didn't invite her. Imagine if... The text was not sent, and she never came, and she never recommitted her life to Jesus. Imagine on the day that she dies, if she never made that decision, she would spend an eternity in hell. But her entire eternity was shifted, was changed, because someone reached out, because someone sent a text message. Beautiful. Power of an invite. Power of an invite, in Jesus' name. Um. I don't even know where I am now. I just kind of started going. And, um, but anyway, I was in Africa. We saw wild things. And then came back to Australia and then got bored out of my brains. Was there for like seven months driving kids on a school bus. I was like losing my mind. I was like, ah! <laughs> this is crazy. Because I, I, I literally went from like miracles, signs and wonders and demons coming out and just wild testimonies to driving kids on a school bus. And I, I felt bad for some of them because uh, we had like a whole bunch of Asian kids on there. I felt a little bit bad for them, which were, I felt conflicted because for me, it was very helpful because they just put their, their, uh, their earphones in. They didn't speak just on their phones the entire time. I was like, oh, so refreshing. <laughs> but then I felt bad for them because I was like, sure, these guys don't know how to make friends. And they're just lo like lo loners, losers, Luna, uh, loners, loners on the bus. I was like, these guys just seem so antisocial. I feel so bad for them. And then my friend Jason McQuinn made a way for me to come here. So I came here for three months on a tourist visa, um, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out demons, a bear poor camp, uh, which is an amazing place. And then uh, I had to leave, but I couldn't get back into Australia. So I had to uh, go to Mexico, to Cancun. Oh no, woe is me. <laughs> and then I had the time of my life in Cancun, Mexico. Saw so many people healed. Um, it, was, it was wild. It was like almost every person we prayed for, we saw get healed. It was Wow, there was uh, this one guy, uh, he had coronavirus, and I was on a mission to pray for every single person with coronavirus, because I was annoyed that the world was shutting down because of a virus, and I was like, fire on you! And so I was on a mission to pray for every person with coronavirus that I could find, and uh, we went to this old man's house, and uh, the, the nurse was there, and his wife was there, and we're like, hey, can we pray for you? And he's like, yes. So 
I pray for him. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, COVID, you have to leave right now. And I pray a little bit more. And then I ask him, hey, how, how are you feeling? And then he tells me, he's like, yeah, I feel this heat come down my back. I'm like, I'm feeling this heat come down my back. I'm like, okay, awesome. God's moving. Let's keep praying. So we pray again. And then he says, I can breathe again because he hadn't been able to breathe well for so long. He's like, I can breathe again. And then we're like, cool, let's pray again. And so we prayed a third time. And then he said this. He said, it felt like something was scraping the mucus off of my lungs. And then he was just completely fine. And then we looked to the wife and she had some kind of blood condition. So she was required to be on oxygen. And we're like, cool, can we pray for you as well? We're here, let's go for it. And so we pray for her and then they test her after and her blood was completely normal. It was amazing. And then we prayed for the nurse. We're like, hey, do you need prayer for anything? And she was like, yeah, I've got a bad back. Can you pray for my back? So we prayed for her back, put some fire, Holy Ghost fire on that thing. And then it was completely healed as well. And she was like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And so I was in Mexico, had a great time, went back to Australia for a month and a half, got my work visa, and then came back to America. I've been here since April, uh, and it's been, a, it's been a wonderful time here so far. And we're just seeing wild things happen at Bearpore and lives transformed. Uh, we had a youth camp, and there was a witch that came. She brought her tarot cards. She brought her crystals. She brought the whole thing. Um, and she ended up giving her life to Jesus and getting baptized at that camp. Um, and, and these are just some of the testimonies of what God is doing and, and I want to encourage you that God is moving. There are like pockets of revival that are springing up all over the place. And God is moving in this place. God is moving. And, and I really felt in my spirit uh, for this service that, that there are people who have been contending for revival. There are people here who have been contending and interceding and praying and desiring and hungering and thirsting after revival for many years, even for decades. And, and I get the sense that, that the wells of revival in your spirit may have been boarded up because you may have not been seeing the, the hand of God moving in your area or in your community as you are expecting it to move. And there may, there may be a tiredness that is coming on you because of this. Because it says in Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs where it says that a hope deferred makes the heart sick. I get the sense that there are people who have been contending for so long in this place and you're just, you've been believing and hungering and thirsting for revival, but it hasn't been coming. And, and because of that, there's this, there's this thing in your spirit that's kind of dampened you or there's this thing in your spirit that's, that's kind of uh, just put you on the side or put you on the shelf and you kind of just feel in, in, inactive or ineffective. And maybe you've received a promise from God years ago. A promise to receive something from God. A promise that God was going to do something. A promise that God was going to shift something in your life. And maybe you haven't seen that just yet. And maybe we're just waiting here. I'm here to tell you this morning that, that we're on the cusp of a great move of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to encourage you that, that we are on the cusp of seeing something so phenomenal that we cannot even fathom, that we cannot even comprehend what he is going to do. Because he is restoring the old wells of revival. The waters are beginning to stir again. And so I'm here to encourage you this morning to take heart. I'm here to encourage you this morning to, to recognize that the time is now. The time to come off the shelf is now. 
The time to come out of the prayer closet is now. The time to, to take off the, the, the clothes and the rags and the robes of mourning is now. He says this in Joshua chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 to 12. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilead, at Gilgal, Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jethunne, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barina, concerning you and me. Praise God for English. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barina to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God, and Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, everyone say, and now. now. Behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength is now as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. And catch this. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. Give me this hill country that the Lord spoke to us on this day that we would have. Give us this day the inheritance that was promised to us by the Lord our God. And there's a promise that God has given you. There's a promise and a calling that God has given you. And the time is now to step into that calling, to step into that promise. The time is now to not sit back in your chest, to not be disheartened, to not be agitated, to not be irritated, to not be bitter or resentful or or, uh, confused or, or disheartened. The time is now to pick up your body, to stand up and to start going forward and moving in the things that God has called you to do. This is the time. The time is here and is now that we would do this. The wells of revival are stirring. God is moving. God is moving. I'll tell you again, God is moving. God is moving. Will you move with Him? Will you move with Him? Or will you stay on the shelf? Or will you stay in your closet? Or will you stay there in your seat? God is moving. Are we going to be a church that moves with Him? When I was in South Africa, we, um, I was telling you before, we saw like the wildest things. And uh, one day we're busy preparing for a crusade and we're out on the street evangelizing, inviting people, telling people about Jesus. And, and this guy walks towards us and I get a word of knowledge that he has pain in the back of his head. And so I stop him and I say, uh, excuse me, sir, do you have pain in the back of your head? And he's a little bit shocked and he's like, yeah, I do. I was like, awesome. Can we pray for you? Jesus wants to heal you. And he's like, sure. So we pray for him and I ask him afterwards, I'm like, hey, how's, your, how's the back of your head feel? And he's like, 
all the pain's gone. This is awesome. Hey, can you, can you pray for my face as well? I've got pain all in my face. Sorry, every time I say, like, can you pray for my face? I'm like, yes, we can pray for your face. <laughs> Lord, just do your work. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, but he has pain in, in his face. And so I'm like, cool. So we pray for his face. And I'm like, how's your face? He's like, all the pain is gone. And he's like, getting a little bit giddy, and he's, and he's like, yeah, this is awesome. And then he starts telling us about how bad his life is, how his fiance walked out on him, how he lost his job, and, and how he was in a bar fight, and he got stabbed in his bicep, in his right bicep, and the doctors had to surgically remove it. And so this guy has no bicep, like no bicep, it's gone. And I'm like, well, can we pray for your bicep to grow back? And he's like, but shocked, and he's like, yeah, sure. So we attack his bicep. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, bicep, grow back. Bicep, grow back right now. And then I ask him afterwards, I'm like, I'm like, hey, do you feel something? He's like, yeah, I feel something. And we're like, awesome, let's keep praying. So we pray again. And then I see on his shoulder, his shoulder like pulsates, like his skin like, I'm not sure if you can see it. I'm like, and we keep praying. And then I promise you, I'm not lying. We see his bicep starting to grow. We see his bicep starting to grow. And we stop and we're like, can you see this? And he's like, oh my goodness. And we're like, let's keep praying. So we pray a third time and his bicep's like growing. And we, we're seeing this. Me and the two other girls that were with me, we're all seeing his bicep grow in front of us. And then he's busy comparing them. And it's like about half the size of the other one now. And it's like, this is amazing. We're like, yes, you got to come to the crusade tonight. It's going to be awesome. Jesus is going to be there. And he's like, yes. And we're like, hey, can we keep praying for you to be healed and your bicep to grow fully back? And he's like, I'd love to, but I really have to go. I was like, what? <laughs> You encounter some very strange people in ministry, people. But, uh, but his bicep was growing. Maybe the Lord just wanted him to go to the gym and like, finish the job himself. <laughs> but God's moving. And then uh, we were in Yakima a couple months ago, and they were doing a deliverance service. And guys, uh, Breakthrough Church, if you guys, Brian, Pastor Brian and Kerry at Breakthrough Church, they're like, they're awesome. And we're busy uh, helping out at a deliverance service in Breakthrough Church, and it was like vomit fest gone wild. Uh, it's like everyone's vomiting everywhere, and it's just like they came buckets. And because when demons are coming out of people, sometimes it's a bit messy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like when the enemy is occupying someone's life and they're being violently evicted, then they're not always going to go out peaceably. And so these demons are coming out of people, and people are like, vomiting, and, and I'm busy praying for this girl. And she's like, uh, uh. like, oh, it's coming. It's about to come. And then it just didn't come. I was like, what the heck's going on? So I stopped her. I'm like, hey, how, what's going on? How are you feeling? And um, I'm not sure why everyone sits here with demons, but you know, it's in the Bible. So, uh, um, and so I'm like, hey, how, how are you feeling? What's going on? And she's like, yeah, I just like, feel this like, stuff like, in my stomach. And it's just like, I feel really sick. I feel really dizzy. And I start asking her. Um, she, t- she ends up telling me about her mother. And she's like, yeah, I just... Uh, I like, really don't like my mother. I'm like, hey, you, you need to forgive your mother. The Holy Spirit promised me in my spirit that she needed to forgive her mother. And she's like, okay, I forgive my mother. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, she didn't forgive her in her heart. She said it with her mouth, but she didn't believe it in her heart. And so I stopped and I was like, you didn't forgive her in your heart, did you? And she's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, I see, the Holy Spirit tells me these things. And then I start ministering to her more. I start telling her the truth of the gospel and, and how Jesus died for her and how he has forgiven her. And I'm looking at her into the eyes and I, I say to her, I said, for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. You are that joy. And then she goes, Bleh! and she catches in her hands this big ball of congealed vomit. 
And I'm like, ah, ah, this is gross. And I'm like, try to find a bucket. I grab a bucket and I throw it under her and she like unleashes the flood and goes all over my hands. I'm like, ah, got vomit all over my hands now. And it's like, oh my goodness, this is so disgusting. And she's like, Bleh. and it's like just all coming out. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is so intense. And um, I keep praying for her and like all this stuff's coming out. She's being freed from demons and and the Holy Spirit's like, grab her hands. I was like, okay. So I grab her hands. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, freedom. Yeah. And she just, and you can, you can see the freedom on people's face when they get delivered from a demon, yeah. when they get delivered from bondage, when they get delivered from anxiety and depression, when they get delivered from addiction. You can see the freedom that comes on people's face. Yeah. And she was so free. She looked like a different person. It's, it's the most beautiful thing about deliverance. You go through all this mess, but then when you come out on the other end, the person is so free. And let me tell you today, the freedom tastes so good. That the lightness that you have when you walk in the freedom of Jesus, the confidence that you have, the, the hope that you have, the, the peace in your heart that you have when you walk in the freedom of Jesus. Jesus is moving, guys. That was in Yakima. That's like four hours away. That's like, that's like, our, like our crib. That's like our hometown. That's like, that was awesome. Even last night, there were people being set free from demons last night. Praise God. Maybe even this service. Which one of you? <laughs> but really, if you've got a demon, let's just get it out. If, if, if you've got a tick or you've got a leech on you, it's a little bit gross, but let's just get it off. Let's just get it. Let's just deal with it. Get the fire, burn the burn the, the, the sucker off, and and let's move on. Hey, there's no guilt. There's no shame in this place. It even says in the scriptures, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Which means that if you have any sense of guilt or shame or condemnation, that comes from the enemy. That doesn't come from God. God will convict your heart, but that will pull you into your coin. That will pull you into your identity. It won't hold you back. It won't grip your life. And you may be here in this place and you're just like, man, I need freedom. Hey, we can pray for you after the service. We'd love to see you get set free. Uh, I promise you, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. It's not going to faze me. I'm like, I don't care what you go through. Let's just get you free. And it's the same with the leadership here. They don't care what you're going through. We just want to see you free. We want to see you walk in healing and the power of God. I want to tell one more cool story and then we're going to move on because this one's just wild. So uh, we're at a revival meeting in South Africa. And there's, uh, this girl comes up to us and she asks us, hey, can you come preach a minister at my school? And we're like, yeah, absolutely, we'd love to. It's, let's go. And um, so we're getting ready and it's the day before we go there. And I'm busy sitting in my room, praying, inquiring of the Lord, hey, Lord, what do you want to do in this school tomorrow? And I'm praying, I smell fire. I'm like, what the heck? Why do I smell fire? And the Lord speaks to me. He says, there are revival angels in your room. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Why are they here? Um, I'm a little bit slow, so I didn't connect the dots. But it's like, they're here to bring revival in the school tomorrow. I was like, that's amazing. That's going I just got jacked up. I was like, come on, let's go. And, uh, and so we arrive at the school the next day, and the teacher comes. She like almost runs to us, and she's like, we're so excited that you guys are here. We've been praying and fasting, all the staff and teachers, that revival would come into our school. I'm like, oh, it's a pretty good confirmation. I'm not going crazy. I'm not hearing things. And uh, so I'm like, cool, this is awesome confirmation. Let's go. So we go into the, the, the hall, and there's about 80 students in there. We do, uh, we do some praise and worship. We play a game. And then I come up, and I preach the gospel. I tell them about Jesus. Then my friend comes up, and she shares her testimony of how she got set free from bulimia. Uh, and then 
I come back up and I do an altar call. I get on a stand up and I say, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to come to the front right now. And every single chair in that room was empty. Every chair was empty. And even some of the teachers were coming forward. And I was like, I'll take it. And it solidified this, this belief in me, this idea in me that if God can save an entire school, God can save an entire community. And if God can save an entire community, he can save an entire town. If he can save an entire town, he can save an entire city. And if an entire city, an entire region or an entire state, and if an entire state, an entire nation. God is moving. God is moving and he wants you to move with him. He wants to partner with you, which is why Jesus says that we are co-laborers with him. Uh, it just riles me up so much when people are like, oh, it's all God. Or when like you, you go to shake the preacher's hand after and you're like, oh, you did such a good job. And they're like, no, no, it wasn't me. It was all God. I'm like, settle down, buddy. It wasn't that good. <laughs> because God wants to move with us. God is waiting for us to go with him. That's why the whole world's not saved. Because if, if he wanted to do it all by himself, it would already be done. God wants us to move with him. That's why he gave us the great commission. He wasn't just nice words. It wasn't just like, a, oh, go have some fun. It was like, no, I need you. Which is why he says in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we are ambassadors for God, reconciling, that God reconciling the world through us. But sometimes we just take too long. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to wait for you guys anymore. Let's just go and get done. But he wants to work through you. And that's why he wants you to be encouraged this morning to stir up the wells of revival, those promises of old that you heard that you haven't seen yet come into fruition. He wants to revive those desires. He wants to revive those dreams. He wants to revive that purpose and that calling that he deposited into you those years ago. Whether three months or whether 30 years, he wants you to stand up. Now is not the time to be asleep. Now is not the time to be asleep. Now is the time to rise. If the band can come back up, that would be amazing. Now is the time to start moving. If you can turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Just let that sink in. Who we are engaging with right now is not just another person. It's not just a friend. It's not a nice idea. It's not a nice philosophy. It's God. The God that we profess to believe in, unless you just say it with your mouth, but you don't believe it in your heart, then you should probably shift that. We're dealing with God here. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Catch this. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases, increases strength. Catch this. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Are you tired in this place? 
Are you weary in this place? You know, we've only got a few more minutes and I really, is, I, I want to pray for people that are tired and they're weary and that maybe their heart has become a little bit sick. Maybe their heart's become a little bit hard. Maybe their heart has become a little bit tired from the waiting because a, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I really, I really believe that that for those who will respond to this, that God is gonna renew your strength, that God is gonna renew the joy inside of you that may have been robbed from you, that may have faded away slowly as the years have progressed. God wants to give you a fresh vision, a fresh fire. He wants to give you a fresh anointing for what He wants you to step into because the time is here and it is now. God is moving. Do you want to move with Him? And if that's you in this place, if you're like, man, I've, I've got a tired heart. Hey, if you do, it's okay. We want to pray with you and God's going to move in your life. So if that's you and you're just like, I just, need, I just need the strength of the Lord to come and renew me. I just need the fire of God to come and touch my life. I'd love for you just to stand up in this place. You can stay in your chairs, just stand up. It's okay, just stand up. That's you. Hey, no shame, no condemnation here. That's you, just stand up. It's okay. Maybe you're just like, I just feel so weary. I feel like I'm just carrying so much baggage or whatever it may be. I feel like I'm just tormented and attacked so frequently. Awesome. If you're sitting down and you see someone standing near you, can you just put your hand on their shoulder and we're, and we're gonna pray together. And I believe the Holy Spirit's gonna come and He's gonna touch your life. Because we're a family, so we pray for one another. So right now, Father, I just thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your glory, God. Holy Spirit, come. Come. If that's you and you stood up in this place, just start to say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Which is why it says in Revelations that the Spirit and the Bride say come. Because we're expecting we're believing for, we're anticipating the blessed hope, Jesus Christ, to come. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost, right now. Every bit of anxiety, leave right now in the name of Jesus. Weariness, tiredness, leave right now in the name of Jesus. Depression, leave right now in the name of Jesus. Comparison, leave right now in the name of Jesus. Insecurity, leave right now in the name of Jesus. Every burden, every weight, every sin, I break your hold over this people in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, great Holy Ghost. Revive and refresh anew your people. I just thank you right now for fresh vision. Fresh vision, fresh clarity, fresh direction. Even right now, you begin to speak to people about their next steps, about where they should go and what they should do. Wow. Holy Spirit, just renew the hope and the joy in the hearts and in the eyes of your people this morning. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said.